All right. Now, uh, may the word of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable to the to you, O oh God. Okay, let me ask a question. Uh, now, I'm not going to ask for extra donation or anything, but how many of you are still carrying cash in your pocket? Cash? All right, good. All right. Uh, raise the hand again. Okay. <laughs> now, uh, now you'll be wondering what this bag. Now, Peter, I saw you raising your hand, right? Will you come forward, Peter? Will you do something like what Paul did just now? Peter, will you come forward? Pardon? I muted. Alright, sorry. Okay. Okay, okay, thank you. Alright. Sorry, Peter. Thanks for coming, Peter. Now, Peter, you say you carry cash. Will you give me all the cash you have? For what is inside? Alright? You can have a look, you can have a feel of what is inside, but don't take it out. Okay? Uh, no, no. Just have a feel and look at what's inside. And then have a feel at what the legitimacy of it, you know? Just kind of feel and see whether that is the, is the right stuff, but don't take it out. Mm. Okay. Would you give me all your money you have now to exchange? Yeah. All right. Okay, good. Thank you very much. <laughs> Next person. Who have cash again? Uh, now, Chris. You do have cash, Chris. Not much, but yes. No credit card allowed here. Come, Chris. <laughs> Now, you do the same. You have a look at what's inside. All to the coast, so they can actually sell it. And to actually build whatever they need to actually mine that place, place up. So there's a lot of investment because they know the value of what is there. The value of what is there. Now, the first week I told you about the ministry of the Holy Spirit and how great it is. We have a great ministry of the Holy Spirit. In the second week, we see that the church now actually is given that ministry. We have a mission. We have a mission. And today, we want to look at the messenger. The messenger. Now, Right. Yeah, okay. Thank you. Something in the pot. Now thanks for Hasha for reading reading the passage there. Now if you would turn to Second Corinthians chapter four. 
It says in verse 7 that we have treasures in the jars of clay. What's in the pot? We are told that we have treasure which is powerful. We have treasure which is powerful. And then it is the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. That is our treasure and that is powerful. That is powerful. And it's not just mere words. It's not just mere words. Because, as I say, the fidelity test, how precious and how powerful is it lies in this test? It's in verse 8 and verse 9. And what Paul says here is that we are afflicted in every way, but not crushed, perplexed, but not driven to despair, persecuted, but not forsaken, struck down, but not destroyed. This is the price which Paul is willing to pay for the treasure he has in him. In him. So when I read about that, I say, is that just mere words where Paul wrote to the Corinthian Christian? So I turn to the book of Acts to just trace and see what Paul gone through through the eye of Luke, who is the author of Acts. Luke was also traveling with Paul and his companion for some time in his missionary journey. And there are a lot of things which actually Luke wrote about what Paul faced faces, even in his missionary journey. So I actually went through the whole of Acts. I was think, just thinking of giving a bird-eye view, a flyover of the life of Paul, of, of not his life, but the time after he became a Christian. What are the things he faced? Let me give you some brief uh, highlight. After he became a Christian, Miracle, uh, you know, he, he have his, the scale of his eyes fell off when Ananias prayed for him. Again, you can see that he used that in his metaphor, uh, in, uh, when I talk, talking about the Holy Spirit coming to our life and then our scale fell off. He had the real scale of his eyes fell off and he could see and he became, he became a follower. He became a follower of the way. During that time, they were not called Christian, but they're called followers of the way. When he became a new believer, the first thing he did was in his excitement, he went out. He went out to share the gospel. He went out to share the gospel. And you, he may have thought that because of his background as a Jewish theologian of his own right, the Jews will actually straight away believe. You have shifted your theology. You have shifted your doctrine. There must be something so great that you shifted it. And they may have said, wow, and you were actually a person who persecuted the church. And now you say, wow, no, I was wrong. It must have taken something so powerful and so dramatic that you changed it. And you perhaps in his heart, he may have expected that to have an impact on the Jews. But not. They actually were so annoyed with him they actually were so angry with him. 
That was failure. So much so that he became a basket case because of the, the, the threat he's having. The disciples have to put him in the basket and put him over the, the, the one of the, 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 the window to lower him down. So Paul started as a basket case. That must be a letdown to him. And then he went to Jerusalem. He may have thought that the Jerusalem Christian would welcome him with open arms. Indeed, they were really suspicious. They said, is this a spy coming to us? Because we know that he was the one who dragged our members into prison, made us suffer. They were apprehensive. There's a lot of hard kind of thing, doubts. And then he went out again. He went out in his uh, exuberance to go out and preach to the Jews again. And his love is for the people of the Jews to turn to God in this right way. Again, disappointment. And he faced persecution. He caused so much trouble that the church in Jerusalem was feeling the heat and they took Paul and said, send you back. So they sent him back to Tarsus. They sent him back to Tarsus. And there he went. So the, one of the problems is actually in God's word is sometimes this doubt, a disappointment. You thought that everything is going away. You have a great testimony. You have a great message and result must follow. But when it doesn't and it turns to be something even on the other side where people instead of thanking you for that, they actually despise you and they even threaten you. And you must and even your fellow believers sometimes feel not comfortable with you and send you home. I just wonder what are the emotions going on with Paul. Disappointment. Perhaps after the early stages of the followers of the way. We skip a few pages and we come to the ministry of Barnabas. After some time he was in Tarsus, Barnabas filled with the Holy Spirit. Now, now, if there's a great guy I like to follow as an example in the New Testament, one of them is actually Barnabas. Yeah, he, Barnabas, just, just a sidetrack, okay? Barnabas, I have to, talk to, I have to tell you he's my hero. Now, Barnabas actually, other than actually mentored Paul, he also mentored John Mark. John Mark of the person of whom Paul rejected because John Mark was a weakling. But John Mark was the one who wrote the Mark Gospel. You know, you, I always appreciate somebody, a mentor, who like to mentor some, he, the, the mentee to be something, somebody greater than himself. He always loved that the person who he mentors exceeds exceed in greatness than himself. I appreciate that count. The selfless mentoring. We like the people we mentor to be above us, to get greater pleasure to have more fruit, to enjoy God deeper. And this was always my prayer for my children. I, I always tell them, that my prayer was that you love God more than me. But I will run faster so that you will have to catch up. You know, I'm not going to slow down. 
but always appreciate that they will actually love God and serve God in greater way than me. So, anyway, that's about But what about Paul? So after Barnabas mentored Paul, after something, and take him out in the preaching circuit again, they came to, from Crete to, uh, to a place called uh, Iconium. Iconium. In Iconium, after Paul preaching, there was really some success. But then the Jews again was jealous and decided to take stone and throw at him and to stone them. Now, don't, don't, don't think that it's just a small pebble. It's a huge pebble. And when they were getting the pebble, I think they, they, they pulled the scooter off and they managed to escape to Dabi. To Dabi. And there again he preached. And the Jews would Iconium, you know, they, 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 they say, where is Paul? I think they may have carried the stone all the way to Derby, Derby, you know, Derby or Derby, and take the stone there and really stone him this time. And he was left for dead. They really stoned him. I don't know, but it's not a pleasant, pleasant uh, thing to feel the stone flying at you and hitting you. Physically, it actually, I know it hurt you. He's almost killed. Then there he says that he raised up. After that, when he left, he raised up. I just wonder whether, whether there was a miraculous curing from the Lord in that after being bruised and, and, and when, he, when they say that they stoned him to the point where he actually left him for dead, I'm sure that that was his physical condition. And the next moment it says that he actually walk up and go. Something miraculous must have happened. But he had felt the stone hitting him. He had felt the stone hitting him. So, when Paul says, we, I face all this persecution for the sake of the gospel, this is what he paid. Disappointment, and even when some success again, this physical harm, on him. And he went, he went to the next town. He went to the next town and my glasses. Anyway, he went to the next town from Derby he went to the next town. What I want you to point, point out is after he got to the next town and preached again he quickly, after a few days, he went back to Iconium. Mine, that is the place where you are, you, people, were, people were stoning you. There was threat there. Paul, and, and perhaps the Barnabas said, Paul, why go to Iconium again? But Paul said, look here, they are new in the faith. They need strengthening of their faith. But Paul, what about your face? All bruised. You're still going to go back there. But we must, Paul said, we must go back and strengthen them. So that was the love, the commitment, the selflessness, the commitment to go back. To go back. So that was persecution 
on that nature. We skip a few more. Imprisonment. Imprisonment. It was at Philippi, at Philippi, when they were preaching, there was a fortune teller, a fortune teller which belonged to somebody who made a, that's, that's the boss man and the fortune teller. And the fortune teller makes money for the boss man, <laughs> you know. Whatever he tells fortune, this guy, the manager, take the card and he owned this fortune teller. And remarkably, this fortune teller was actually, when he saw Paul, he said, was saying, this is the servant of God. You think that, wow, you know, that is a good recommendation. But Paul knows it comes from demon. And this becomes the tactic of the demon. Such a way is to interrupt, 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 interrupt Paul. And Paul actually cast this demon out. And when the fortune teller do not have that power anymore, the master was angry and he incited, incited the authority and threw Paul into prison. And that was Paul landed out in prison. It is not Australian prison. Australian prison. This is the prison of a very ancient world. There's no human right. There's no prisoner right at all too. I just wonder whether they are fat sometimes. It will be a place to break you down. We, I can't... I, I was just trying to find a, a picture of how they throw, uh, draw a prison to, to justify what a prison will be like during that day. I think it would be stinky. You know, you don't have a private toilet. It will be, it will be terrible. It will be terrible. And that was what they paid. They are willing to, 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 to give up because of the gospel. Because the consequences of them taking up this mission caused them to go through that. A price to be paid. And you will say that perhaps when they are in prison, they will say, oh no, you know what? So, so, why, 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 why am I in this place? Why am I looking for trouble? But in the prison too, they actually bless the prison so much so that the prisoner guard and the family came to know the Lord. Circumstances do not prevent Paul to preach the gospel because he had with him the treasure. Although outwardly, outwardly battered, bruised, imprisoned, deprived, but still inwardly carry the beauty of Christ. Right through, right through the faith in him. And then we will say that perhaps after this, he will learn his lesson. Indeed, he did not. Maybe he counted the opportunity that this actually is 
his service to the Lord. Then there's also this part whereby you expect that if I will put myself into the whole work of the gospel, I'll expect God to meet my needs, every area, even financial needs. But you know, when he comes to Corinth, and perhaps that was all his pattern, when he goes to the place, he lives simply, and also when he needs, he actually works six days a week. Six days a week, work as a tent maker. Work as a tent maker. Find means to support himself in order so that he could enrich people with the gospel. It was not a career choice. A choice to actually uh, uh, sustain uh, as a career in preaching the gospel. In fact, at many times he said, I would not want to burden you. When he went, actually, in, in, in his last, last message to the, 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 the elders of Ephesian, the Ephesian church in Mylintus, he said, please tell me, anybody wish I owe something? Did I, I, did, did I deprive you? Uh, did, did I, uh, what do you call, uh, burden you in such a way or, or things which I, we have a favor we owe you? Please tell me now. He was entirely clear. There was no self-interest in what he do, but save a part, as he says there, is for you, for the sake of Christ. For you, for the sake of Christ. And finally, you know that he went to prison in Rome and there he, tradition have it, is where he gave his life. He gave his, he was killed. So, when Paul says that in, in verse 8, we are afflicted in every way but not crushed, perplexed but not driven to despair, persecuted but not forsaken, struck down but not destroyed. It is experiential. It is experiential. Now, actually, if, if you introduce Paul to a person who do not know Christ, to some, some, some of your friend in his state, the state of his welfare is a non-starter to preach the gospel. This guy is actually in the eye of the world, a failure. Who wants to lead that kind of life? Who wants to go through all these challenges in life for his belief? There are other choices. So it's not the welfare they have which is successful and, and all successful which actually draw people to Christ. It is the gospel. It is the gospel. And how strong the gospel is. While we were in Burma, we, we, we went for a mission trip to Burma. Uh, this uh, trip whereby my daughter organized it and uh, we were there for a week or so. And uh, in one of the nights, while we were having dinner, the pastor 
have to deal with a situation, a situation of the church which we actually were preaching in the morning, preaching as well as conducting some medical and dental uh, uh, dental uh, stuff to help the community. And uh, that was a situation. But a young believer, a girl who, 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 who in, a, in a teenage came to know the Lord and had to sleep in the pig style to run away from the parent who want to kill her because she came to know the Lord. It could be an easy thing and say, okay, I'll, I'll give up. Stay in the home. And the situation is that the pastor has to go and look for which big style she's in, hiding, sleeping overnight, to actually find a community because the father is also going through the churches, the, the, the members of the church to look for her too. So there was a situation. But what faith the girl have? That something in her would warrant that she do not mind sleeping with the pig. A pig style. Again, the pig style in Burma in the rural country, it's not the pig style, perhaps, which I see some nice pig farm in Australia. It's the pig style. What will you give up? In another occasion whereby in the Philippines, I met with a pastor. And during that time, he was actually, I told this story before, he was actually preparing food because we have a program whereby at certain time of the day, uh, there will be a, a, a food, porridge, which is porridge, simple porridge, a full pot of porridge. He will prepare it, and actually the village children will come over and take the porridge. In the, there, he was also supervising the church of which he was repairing, because Typhoon Haiyan had just swept all oh, six months ago, and the church was destroyed. And we were there, they were just putting thin plywood to, to the church. And it's a small room, I mean, it's probably three times the size of our crash over there. That's all, that's all he had. And he was repairing it and all that. And he was also finding the time to feed the children. Now he actually, during the time of Haiyan, lost his wife. His wife and his eldest daughter was found in the drain because of the of that typhoon which is about 3,000 uh, 300 kilometers per hour swept through there and his youngest daughter is not even be found it must be among the pile of dead bodies which they, they, they used a tractor to just move around but instead of just lying down six months after that he still, I don't know what goes on in his heart. I don't know what strength he can still pull out to, to do that. Seeing other children now feeding on him. You know, you, we have to, you know, when I see Christ again in that kingdom, I will see these people standing right, right, right in front. Right, right in front. And the Lord will say, you know, we learn from these people. 
we learn from these people. So, this treasure in jars of clay holds such tremendous power. And why is that? Now, it was the fidelity, it, it was proven, proven worthy through all the challenges which Paul had. It was a worthy investment of Paul's life. Now, the, the trouble which Paul faces was not like it is a general problem we have in life. I fall sick sometime and all that kind of thing, and God is actually merciful and He actually heals me, and that's good. Praise the Lord, He does that. But these are the problems he faces by choice because of what he did for the kingdom. He did for the kingdom. So it was a worthy investment of Paul's life. Very much so, it's like the people, the, the, the investors of Tom Price's mind. They found that it was worthy for us to put and invest in 500 kilometers of railway track down the line and build all this without even a single cent coming back yet. It was worthy. It was worthy. Now, and it's because of also this, in verse 10 to verse 12, for we who live are always being given over to the death of Jesus for Jesus' sake so that the life of Jesus also may be manifested in our mortal flesh. So death is at work in us, but life is in you. Life is in you. The death of Jesus Christ. We always we, we, we celebrate the resurrection. The resurrection gives us hope. The resurrection of Christ from the, death, or from, from the dead gives us hope. But sometimes we have to focus on the death of Christ, of the manner of how He died. He died. Just as a matter of speculation, if Christ was to die out of food poisoning, for example, or sickness, or He was actually uh, assassinated, suddenly He was walking in the street, somebody shoot an arrow and that's it. He still died. But that doesn't bring the impact which we have when actually Christ, how he actually died. What did, I mean, let's think through what are the things which happened after Judas betrayed. The, the, the betrayal of Judas is part of the suffering. Being betrayed by the person whom you actually mentor, trusted. That's a letdown. When his disciple ran away, that was heartbroken. Cannot you stay awake? Even that. And then he was actually taken and imprisoned. I do not know whether the place where Chin and myself went, there was a place where they say that is probably the place where Christ was imprisoned at night. Because, I mean, they, they come with some authentication of why it is there. It was actually a no door. You actually drop from the, 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 the hole, hole on the roof and go down and there's no door in that area. You just, 
that is their, 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 the place they, they hold, hold the, the people in captive. But he was in prison. So when Paul was also in prison, Paul also had reflected that that was what my Lord went through. Imprisonment. And then he was brutalized when Christ was weak. Even after, after uh, Pilate said, okay, we'll kill him. I thought that was enough. They came to the cross. But they brutalized him, scourged him, mock him, spit on him. And in that weakened body, ask Christ to carry the cross, the heavy cross whereby he, 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 the strength is that he lost all his strength. He couldn't do that. That is the point of the weakness, his physical weakness. He can't even do that job. So he was actually really spent. Christ was really spent. So leaving the death of Christ was motivating for, for, for the Paul. They draw strength on what Christ did. And therefore, they dare to go through that. To go through that. So, we live. We have given, been given over to the death of Christ for Jesus' sake. Death for, uh, to death for Jesus' sake. So that the life of Jesus may also be manifested in our mortal flesh. Mortal flesh. Now we go to verse 13. Since we have the same spirit of faith according to what has been written, I believe and so I spoke. We also believe and so we also speak. Knowing that he who raised the Lord Jesus will raise us also with Jesus and bring us with you into his presence. For it is all for your sake, so that as grace extends to more and more people, it may increase thanksgiving to the glory of God. To the glory of God. Now we are not actually suffering, and Paul is not suffering aimlessly. There is this hope. This hope, which is a logical, making it a logical investment. If we've done all this, and that's the end of story, I will, I will definitely say, Paul, you are a really stupid man. You are a really stupid man. If suffering is all that it is for you to just do it, even to get a name, heroic name uh, on earth, and that's it, pretty stupid. Pretty worthwhile. Might as well go and do something more worthwhile. So, but here it says that God will raise us up. God will raise us up. God will raise us up. As He raised Christ up. As He raised Christ up. Now, the, 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 the philosopher questioned our motive. Now, it's sort of suggested that the way we actually want and long for heaven is very selfish and very self uh, uh, what do you call uh, it's a very selfish kind of thing uh, it's just because you want to go to heaven you do all these things and it sounds like uh, you're a bit dodgy you're a bit dodgy 
So Kierkegaard, a philosopher, says that, you know, he actually questioned that when you actually do good work for the sake of being gaining something, he questions whether your motive is pure. Your motive is pure. So how do we actually answer that? I believe that it states here. Of course, there are ingredients of self-interest, of self-preservation. But this is not born out of selfish competition. Now, we, 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 we long for, for the reward, for, for, for the blessing of being raised up. It's not that because I can raise up, you are pushed away. That's not out of selfish competition. We are raised up because of a free gift by the Lord's death on the cross. So it erodes that kind of selfish. In fact, it is fulfilling the will of the good purpose of God in creation. By having that, it is fulfilling the good purpose of God in creation. Rather than of a selfish, competitive mental attitude, it is inclusive and it is generous because it says here, we now long for more people to actually taste this blessing. So it is a generous offering. It's a generous offering. So, yes, there's self-interest. We want to preserve ourselves eternally. We want to be in a good position eternally after we die. It is definitely there is self-interest. It's self-preservation. But it is also generous. It is fulfilling the good purpose the goodwill of God. Of God. So, we do not lose heart. We do not lose heart. Finally, let me read for, for you. We do not lose heart. In verse 15, 16, Though our outer self is wasting away, our inner self is being renewed every day. Renewed every day. For this light momentary affliction is preparing for us an eternal weight of glory beyond all comparison, as we look not to the things that are seen, but the things that are unseen. For the things that are seen are transient, but things that are unseen are eternal. The things that are seen are transient. The things that are unseen are eternal. We should set our heart on our mind. Now, there is another uh, thing in uh, philosophy. It's called the Pascalan wager. But what happens is says that uh, now if you have to take a risk, whether there is God and this plan or there's no God, it's better to take there's God and no plan. Because if there is God, then if you do not take God's side, you'll be damned. If there's no God, it doesn't matter whether you choose God or no God. So the Pascalan, he's a Christian, the Pascalan logic is it's better to choose God and to be accountable to God. But I think there's more than that in our Christian. There's much more evidence that there is the Lord who actually, actually worked in us the ministry of the Spirit of Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit. 
Let me end up with this. If you feel that there is a decision point to or not to believe in Jesus Christ, by not choosing, you already choose, have chosen. By not choosing, you are already chosen. So can you make that choice? Can you live with that choice? For me, I find that treasure is worth it for me to invest. And I pray that I will be strengthened enough to actually have a greater focus on it. Because sometimes it's not... Our challenge is not that we do not lose heart because of the challenges of life, but whether do we lose focus? Do we lose focus in the business of life? Shall we pray? My Father God, I thank you for the privilege of us who actually believe and, and enjoy the internal working of the Holy Spirit, dear Lord God. You comfort us in in much of our life, but you always give us a purpose to live, dear Lord God. Thank you, dear Lord God, that you are. You gave us this treasure, although the the the, the outside outside is not really impressive, but our body are not impressive. Passing away this transient, but we thank you as we go through the passage of our life. Even as our body weakens and wither away, we have this renewal, this assurance, dear Lord God, from you each day as we actually contemplate, contemplate Jesus and we are transformed by that. We thank you in Jesus' precious name. Amen.